What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Real Talk. We've missed you. It's been a while. Got a surprise for you guys today. Uh, Sean is out with COVID, like most of the NHL and NFL at this point. Um, So I brought on one of our very dear friends. We've got James from Boda Sports here. TikTok famous legend. Um, They do a great job covering a lot of teams that Sean and I don't like. But, hey, we're, uh, we're good buddies otherwise. How's it going, James? Oh, it's good. It's cool to be like the Isaiah Thomas, the ISO Joe. I'm the COVID 10-day replacement. It's awesome. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, we brought you in. ISO Joe, Lance Stevenson, 10-day contract. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> so I haven't really previewed much of this episode. Sean and I usually just run through week by week with the NFL. But I figured since both of us are fans of uh, pretty pretty unfortunate teams at this point in the NFL, we could run through almost a a post-mortem of the 2021 season, assess our team situations. If you guys aren't familiar, James here is a Cleveland Browns fan. I am a New York Giants fan. Um, Different situations, but somewhat the same. Um, And then we're going to jump around the NFL and do a little take of uh, some of the more unfortunate situations. So this is going to be the sad boy podcast for the NFL this this week. James, I'm going to let you lead it off with the Cleveland Browns. I know you've got some stuff to vent about. It's been a painful couple of weeks. It's been a painful season in general. What are your thoughts right off the top? I, I want to be mad. Like, I want to be so purely angry about the Browns. But it's just pain. It's just agony. This is a team I thought was going to be like a 14-win team. I'm like, oh, let's go. Baker's going to have his year. Baker has not had his year. For some reason, he's still playing. He's falling apart. Uh, no one can stay healthy. Our coach forgot how to call plays. I, like, where do you want me to go with that? There's, there's so many avenues of him, the team, the coaching, just sucking. And we suck. We're behind the Steelers, and we're in last, and it sucks. Let's, let's start with that. Let's start with the quarterback. I mean, this is a big year for Baker. Um, you know, he's in the same, same draft class as my guy, Saquon Barkley, so he's got a payday coming up soon. Um, he had a promising year last year it's been kind of a steady progression for baker he's had his ups got his downs where are you on baker mayfield i i am the world's biggest baker stand in the world in the world reiterating uh i at this point i think it's just better for the team but it obviously he has just one more option year i think it's just better for the team to just figure out another pathway because we saw some progression and it was fine. But like with Baker, it's almost like you're chasing a drug high where like these highs are super high. And he goes like 20 for 20 against the Bengals and fucking comes back. And then the lows are four interceptions against the fucking Packers on Christmas Day, ruining my Christmas. There's no in between. There's no steady level of Baker. Uh, I think finding some quarterback with level of consistency would be a great thing. Now, it seems like to me you're leaning a little bit more towards moving on. Um, just for him and for you, change of scenery might do it. Are you looking draft? Are you looking trade? I know there's been a lot of talk about Russell Wilson, about Deshaun Watson, a couple of names like Jimmy G have popped up. What say you on the Cleveland Browns? I know they have, they have some mid-tier picks. They're like middle of the pack right now draft-wise. They're middle of the pack right now cap space-wise. So it's kind of like – you're in that spot almost in the NBA where you're in that like eight to 14 range where you don't know whether you're going to be a playoff team or whether you should tank and just try and do the draft process. It's, it seems like it's a almost like purgatory right now for the Browns. Right. And the tough part is we've bounced around so much on playoff rankings where like after this week, we could be back in the hunt. It's just, it's fucked. It would be hard for us to convince anybody to come here via like signing off of a trade. I mean, they don't, we don't pass enough. There's really no one. I mean, I guess like you said, Jimmy G, but even then, like he sucks the second his pocket collapses. Uh, I guess you got a draft, right? Yeah. And the only thing that scares me is the same thing that I'm looking at with my team where I don't see anyone this year. 
And next year, it's too soon to tell. You never know who could pop up. But even if you're trying to get someone this year, this would be the year to draft a quarterback mid to late first round because it seems like there's going to be a lot of defense and uh, skill position up the top. But it's a, it's a scary thought. And that's why the name Jimmy G popped in my head, just because of that year he had with the 49ers where they ran the ball all the way to the Super Bowl, and then it kind of fell on his shoulders and he couldn't deliver. But with that offense, I mean, you never know. And that's the other thing I wanted to mention with Baker. That's why I asked you off the top about Baker, because that's kind of the main thing with Cleveland right now. They seemed to try and put as many weapons around him as they could, and it just all fell apart around him. I mean, you brought in Landry. He was the cornerstone piece to bring in. That brought in Kareem Hunt, added him. You drafted Nick Chubb with Baker. He turned into a superstar. And then you bring in OBJ. And we don't have to talk about OBJ right now. It's fine. I know it's a sore subject for both of us, but it just seems like at this point, I'm not really sure what direction the franchise is going. Like you could either double down with Baker, give him that option, like you said, and then try and either franchise him after that, bring in more Mm -hmm. pieces, do that whole process. And you never know. It could turn out to be like a Minnesota situation with Kirk Cousins. Or you tear it down again. Are you – Willing to do another teardown? I don't know. I don't think we're at the stage where we need another teardown. Um, I, I think the hard thing is, is that we need, we need help. And you also need some veteran level with what we have. So we go out last offseason and get a guy like John Johnson, which was awesome. I was pumped about. The dude's barely been on the field between COVID and injuries. And then we get Jack Conklin. Great. Hasn't been on the field. And we have a young offensive line, too, that could use that. I mean, obviously, Jeffrey Willis being, like, the youngest piece there. But, exactly. like, you know, you still need that kind of, like, veteran ability around him. Yeah, I'm so, glad you brought that up, too. That was, a, that was a point that I actually had on this little piece of paper in front of me. It says, just injuries or injury prone? That was a question I wanted to ask you about. No, dude. I think we're in that, like, we're, like, in that Philly, like, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say L.A. because they were San Diego at the time. But, like, yeah. San Diego Chargers, like we just have the injury bug, and we're—it's just a cursed year. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I don't think we're at tear it down because yeah, like you said, you got a lot of young talent, and it seems like if you could get seventy-five percent of your roster to stay healthy, you could compete. And that's why, like, you had high aspirations. I picked them to win the division to start the year. I know Sean was high on them, not as high as I was, but. I mean, maybe that was the kiss of death I gave you guys the uh, the division title in the preseason, but, um, Appreciate but yeah, it. it's yeah, it's it's cool to see someone else suffer, not just me. <laughs> Welcome yeah, to the party. Enough. Haven't we fucking had enough? Yeah, I was gonna say if if one city has had enough, I would think it'd be Cleveland. And like you had the nice story the first year with Baker, where they, they had the Bud Light fridges around Cleveland and they were waiting to open them until they won a game, and Baker comes on and beats the Jets and that whole deal. Um, I personally, I like Baker, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's a change of scenery thing. Um, I think he's kind of, if not worn out as welcome as getting there, especially with that Christmas day performance, that was brutal, especially with the whole world watching. So that's a tough one. Um, and then, like I said before, they've got right now, it looks like 14, 15 pick projected. So uh, you never know. But it's uh, it's a dire situation. This is why it's the Sad Boy Podcast tonight. I've got my tequila out. We're just we're just gonna talk it out. It's a therapy session. Any last any last remarks on the Cleveland Browns? Uh, pain. That's pain. a pain. Period. Send it. I I agree with you. Yeah. No. It's it's um it's a very similar feeling. We're gonna transition now to my team. It's a similar feeling where every Sunday. I used to get excited and then let down and then feel like I needed to drink or feel like I needed to get angry. Now it's just to the point where I just laugh. Like you just laugh the pain away. When you watch Mike Glennon, actually, let me, let me rephrase that. When you pay actual money to go to New York and watch <laughs> Mike Glennon live, that really changes your perspective. Um, it's pain. The New York Giants are pain. And unlike your team, you guys have some young talent that you can build around. Um, actually, we didn't even get in touch, uh, get in touch with the coach, but I don't know how you feel about Stefanski. Are you kind of wishy-washy? The biggest example of like him just trying to out-coach people when his game plan is working, which has been his biggest issue, 
is the Patriots game. They drove down the field, really nice drive, first drive, let's go. Like, we're in this game. And he's like, nah, fuck it, change everything. Like, Kevin, why? It's like, no, no, fuck it, blow it up, change it all. It's like, like, just stick to what you're doing. It's working against Bill Belichick. And no, just changes it all. His play calling has sucked. He's, for some reason, forgetting that he has one of the most talented running backs in the league. Like, even against, like, the Christmas Day game, Nick Chubb was averaging seven yards a carry, and he's like, nah, going to stop. Don't need it. Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy that hits the or pulls the fire alarm as soon as he sees, like, one ounce of smoke. It's one of those things where as soon as one play doesn't work, we're going to change the entire game plan and outsmart everyone else. Kind of like um, – it kind of reminds me a little bit of I hate I hate to compare this, but a little bit like Matt Patricia in, in Detroit, where he thought he was smarter than everyone else. Always tried to change the things that were working and didn't change the things that weren't working, and it cost him his job. Fuck I hate to that. I hate to make that Fuck comparison because I know that's Fuck a you. that's a kiss of death. Fuck but you. Fuck man, you. The reason I brought up coaches is because I haven't seen, and this is includes myself. I haven't seen a switch up from a fan base on a head coach more than I have seen in the New York Giants and Joe Judge. I was running laps last year for Joe Judge because I thought that's what he wanted. It's Joe Judge's way or the highway. He's got the players buying in. We won six games last year. We were competitive, quote unquote, in the NFC East, which is not saying much. Um, But it all starts and finishes with ownership and front office for the Giants. The owner is in love with Dave Gettleman. I don't know what Dave Gettleman has on John Mara, but – they're going to let him retire at the end of the year, which is an absolute disgrace to start. And then you kind of just go from there and it just trickles its way down. They're in cap hell because they overpaid on defense for a bunch of guys that either haven't panned out or are supposed to be big names that aren't like Leonard Williams and like a uh, Blake Martinez and a James Bradbury, who's uh, he's been mediocre at best this year. And then you have, Dave Gettleman with his hog mollies thing when he signed on in 29 or 2018, they still haven't fixed the offensive line. They've got one spot on the five man offensive line in four years. That's right. And that's barely right. Cause Andrew Thomas has only played a year and a half. Um, you've got a running back that I love to death that was taken way too high and is now in the same situation where you're going to have to either pay him or let him mm-hmm. walk or try and get something out of him, which he is, He's basically our running back too at this point. I don't know if you, I, I don't blame you if you haven't, but I don't know if you've seen any of the Giants games the past few weeks. Devontae Booker is the number one running back on the Giants right now. And that's sad. That's very sad. Um, and then you've got a quarterback that one can't stay healthy and two, when he is healthy, isn't consistent. So it's an all out dumpster fire from the Giants right now. And I'd like to get someone else's take on it because I've been banging my head against the wall, screaming at this microphone, screaming at my co-host, screaming at everyone I can find. And I'm just numb at this point. It's um, I feel like I'm burying them six feet deep and I'm to the point where I don't even want to watch anymore. It's too ugly. We're not, our teams aren't that different in like the married with misery type of deal where, like I said, with John Johnson, like we cashed out, we got a big piece and like we moved. You kind of did the same thing with Kenny Galladay, didn't you? Yeah, they paid us uh, a borderline 1A, 1B wide receiver, $74 million, and don't even have enough time in the pocket to throw him the ball. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess there's that. But, like, with that, no touchdowns on the year? No touchdowns. Zero. Lane Johnson has more receiving touchdowns than Kenny Galladay. Good God. Heard that a lot last week, too. Good God. I'm sure that's fun. Uh it's not like we're that different and at, you know, questionable quarterback situations. Obviously there's like the pay situation. I don't know, man. It's just such a shit show. And then like the biggest shining thing of like, if you had to like encapsulate the giant season into one moment, it's when Kadarius Tony was having like a breakout game. It was like, Oh my God, the high, the super high, like it's go. It's Dallas. And then he yep. punches someone in the face. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, that is the giant season in a nutshell. And you know what's funny, too? Like, normally on any other team, it'd be like, damn, he's having such a great game. Why would you do that? You're such an idiot. 95% of the Giants fan base, including myself at that point, was like, good, fuck Dallas. I hope he broke his nose or something like that. Like, we're, we're loving the fact that he got thrown out of this game and punched a, a safety in the face for pushing him. I'm like, this used to be a team, and, it, and it's frustrating, too, because when I was growing up, we were a respected franchise. We won two Super Bowls. We had the quarterback. We had the defense. And it was the ideal franchise you wanted to play for. And in 
we'll say nine, 10 years now since the last Super Bowl, it has been an absolute plummet where mm. the front office is a mess. They can't get anything right there. They just mm. announced recently that they're going to bring back Joe Judge and Daniel Jones before naming a new GM. So that eliminates half the, the candidate pool for general manager because there are people out there leaking. Chris Canty, the former Giant, works for ESPN now, is leaking that he has a contact, which is Lewis Riddick, but he won't say that, who right. will immediately say no if Joe Judge is attached to the job. So that's an interesting one. And then you have guys like Dave Gettleman that just keep making the wrong picks. You know, they haven't had a, I believe it's a third, either third or fourth round pick. I think it's both. That is played more than like 50% of the snaps since they drafted. Each third round pick has either been cut or I think they've played less than 50% of the snaps of their entire career. It's crazy. Seriously? After the first round, they can't draft. It's crazy. Like they bring in these guys that either get cut or they draft a quarterback in the fourth round from Richmond. And it's just, it's a nonstop shit show when it comes to that. So it'll be interesting to see this year with two top, hopefully a top five and a top 10 pick, what they can do. But it's just like, you can't help but just laugh at the pain at this point. Like we're going with Mike Glennon again. next week. Mike Glennon is going to start another football game after throwing three interceptions against Dallas and getting benched. I know Jake Fromm didn't do well, but, like, why not? At this point, who the fuck cares? Put Jake Fromm in. Exactly. And that's the whole reason that everyone was excited. I know I do the whole, like, the whole bit of, oh, we've got the new franchise quarterback every time they bring in a practice squad guy. But why not at this point? It's Mike Glennon versus everyone else. Um, And I'm not saying Jake Fromm is anything good. I mean, you saw his performance last week. It was disgusting. He threw for under. This is actually, I think, back-to-back weeks our quarterbacks thrown for under 100 yards, which is in today's NFL. You should be fired on the sideline immediately for that. But it's just a pain. Like, there's so much more than on the field that's wrong with the Giants. It's just ownership. It's front office. It's a whole disaster. They're giving away free medium sodas to only PSL holders. Did you hear this story? No, it was fan appreciation day against Dallas, the game that I went to and the way that MetLife stadium works, because you know, our ownership are money hungry assholes. They sell PSLs, which are for the seat. So you buy your seat and then you pay each year to buy your season tickets. So you pay like a couple thousand dollars for the seat. And then you pay a couple thousand dollars each year for the season tickets. So they just squeeze more and more money out of you. Fan appreciation day against Dallas, which was 75% cowboy fans, by the way. Um, they gave away as a gift to all the loyal season ticket holders, a free medium soda, but it was one per PSL holder. So if you're a family, dad buys four season tickets, you get one drink. If you have six tickets, you get one drink. So it's not per ticket. It was per PSL. So that was an actual disaster. And then you have 75% Dallas fans at the game. So it's, Yeah. Like I said, it's more than just on the field at this point with this team, and it's it's to the point where you just said there's only one word to sum it up. It's pain, pain, absolute pain. Jesus. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's actually exhausting talking about our teams at this point, and that's why I enjoy jumping around the NFL, which we're going to do next because I need to get off of this team, and I'm sure you're tired of talking about your team as well. Even uh, though even though you guys still have a shot at the playoffs, by the way. Don't give up hope. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, mathematically we do. But, like, you know, luck, talent, we don't. Yeah. It's it's one of those situations where you're just postponing the inevitable. But, hey, you got something to look forward to every Sunday, I guess. All right. So, I've got Tankathon up. I'm sure this is everyone's favorite website this time of year for guys like us who have teams that just never seem to make, unfortunately. Um, is there a team you want to start with? Because I got a couple off the top that I highlighted. Um, no, no one in particular. All right. I'm going to start with one that was embarrassing last week, and I think it might possibly be the worst situation in the NFL besides my team or maybe the Texans. I'm going to Seattle. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a couple of things here. I mean, you've obviously – Russell Wilson drama all over the place in the news. You never know. He could get traded, that whole situation. They lose to the Bears this past week. Disaster. Can't have that happen at home. Is Pete Carroll done? 
I I can't imagine, right? Like he hasn't, it's been, I guess, one and a half seasons where he's kind of collapsed. No, two seasons plays, two seasons where he's collapsed. I I think he's on the hot seat next year, but I think he just retired before anything. And I mean, especially like in the state where they are, they never do well in the first round. But to lose a top 10 pick because you traded it for a dude who's been underwhelming at best as like a star safety doesn't look great. He's a secondary quote unquote star with as many career interceptions as Vince Wilford. Blitz boy, as he's commonly known as. Um, yeah, oh, wow. that, that trade might go down as one of the worst in, in the past 20 years. Um, right now, it's projected as the sixth pick, which is, could you imagine, like right now, you take the sixth pick in the draft, you take Jamal Adams. I think that's 100% every time you're taking that sixth pick in the draft. He's overpaid as a safety. They aren't competing. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Um, and for that reason, I think Pete Carroll is fired at the end of the year. I, I used to think he had a lot of goodwill. He kind of turned that franchise into a winner, brought him to Super Bowls, the whole Legion of Boom kind of thing. But I don't know. If Russell Wilson gets traded, that, that could be the, the end of Pete Carroll. I think they kind of go hand in hand. If Russell Wilson gets dealt in the offseason, I think Pete Carroll's gone as well. But if for some reason they end up sticking with Russell Wilson and trying to build an O-line for the first time in 10 years, um, I could see Pete Carroll coming back as well, but you never know with that. And then that's why I said they got an old defense with a lot of money tied up and just absolutely no picks. So it's going to be tough for them. Um, that's why I said, if, if there isn't a head coach opening there, that might be the worst situation you could step into. Um, and speaking of head coaches, I'll hop around here, my local team, the Carolina Panthers, um, need, they need a quarterback, obviously Sam Darnold was a, a nice little test run. That's not going to happen. Um, they've tried out cam bringing him back. That's not going to happen either. So they need to either draft a quarterback or trade for one. I had them in the offseason. I don't know what you thought about this. I had them in the offseason trying to trade with Sean Watson before all of the whole um, sexual assault allegations and all that stuff that was looming over them. I thought that'd be a good fit. Clemson guy, they're kind of a local team. Um, but that could be a thing where they make a trade. Like I said, the quarterback draft isn't great this year. Um, the, the Heisman favorite at the beginning of the year is now. He was benched halfway through the year and is now playing in South Carolina. Well done, Spencer Rattler season. Um, but what do you think of what we'll keep stay on the head coach talk? What do you think of Matt Rule? Is he a fraud? I, I wasn't a big Matt Rule guy off the gun of that hire. Um, he's a guy I'd say if he's not fired this offseason, if they don't get rid of him, he's gone by the three quarter mark of next year. Um, he'll be in that same boat. I mean, they already made a bad choice. Like, I love J.C. Horn. Obviously, South Carolina. He's a stud. Ended up injured. But due process, if you're at that pick in the NFL draft, you should probably go quarterback. And with now looking back, obviously, it's easier saying Mac Jones was there. Yeah, like yeah Mac Jones, you had Justin Fields, you had all these guys there. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. You could have made it happen. And instead, you went with a corner, which could be good, could be a great thing for you. I feel like you should have gone quarterback there. That's just a simple process. And that's already a huge stain against him, especially if Mack wins rookie. Oh, 100%. And, and with as good as he's looked this year, I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, Justin Fields, I mean, he's been up and down. He's kind of getting his way into that system, into a terrible system with Nagy. But you got to take a quarterback there. You're right. I mean, I went to a Panthers-Saint game earlier in the year, and the defense was incredible. It was before everyone got hurt. CMC was healthy. Sam Darnold was playing out of his mind to start the year. And they looked like they were firing on all cylinders. And it's another situation of injuries in the NFL, but you can't ever prepare for it. But you, you got to put yourself in a situation where if the guy is there at quarterback, and they, for all we know, Matt Rule could have said, hey, I don't like Justin Fields. I don't like Mac Jones. I don't like any of these guys that are in the back end of the draft. I'm not taking any of them. But you got to take a quarterback. Got yeah. You've seen what Sam Darnold can do in, in New York. I mean, to be fair, it was the Jets, but still you know he's not going to be that guy. So I totally agree with you that they need a quarterback there, and I'm, I'm right on the same path there where he gets another year. But if they start off the season one and four, two and six, something like that, I could see him very easily being fired midseason, um, especially with the new owner, David Tepper, who does not fuck around down here. I mean, he went and bought the Panthers and then moved an entire soccer team here as well. So 
he's got the money to spend and he's a billionaire. So he's, you can tell definitely impatient. Oh, dude, he's throwing his meat on the table. He's ready. Exactly. And like I said, they have a talented defense and they're in the same boat as my team where talented running back just cannot stay on the field. I mean, is it an argument if Christian McCaffrey is healthy, he's probably the best running back in the NFL. Even with Jonathan Taylor's breakout year and, and Derrick Henry is the, is the workhorse, but if he's not, he's in that top three conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue someone who put together which a, a total 2K, right? One and one. Yeah, like he's the most well-rounded running back. Just can't <laughs> yeah. stay healthy. No. And super hot smoke show girlfriend, which is awesome too, by the way. Big Olivia Pope, big Olivia Copo podcast over here. What? I don't know. They were, okay. Yeah, yeah. He poached Edelman's. He poached Edelman's girl. Ah. Mad, mad respect to CMC. Charlotte holds it down down here. All right. So we've covered Seattle. We've covered the Panthers. Um, here's another interesting one. A little division rival for you. I think you know where I'm going here. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Old team. Old quarterback. Yeah. Flamboyant head coach. Another, well, I mean, they had a decent year last year, but what do we what do we take out of this this Pittsburgh season, other than the fact that Big Ben's done? Pittsburgh's tough, uh, especially at this fifteen spot as of as of right now. Um, I mean, they're they're a team that's never never even like as long as they've had Big Ben, I guess, but they never spend on a quarterback. They spend a fuck ton on every other position. So looking at 15, it's like there's going to be a good lineman there. I don't know if there's a quarterback necessarily worth taking there. Like I got to assume Washington's going to probably go – Washington or Carolina is going to go for Mackerel. Yeah. And then once it gets to them, what do you do? Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like if they win a couple more games too and they drop into that 17-18 spot, I mean – you never know. Because, like, Baltimore – I don't think Baltimore wins another game to end the year, just considering their schedule. But you look at that situation in Pittsburgh, and it's – I think they're more than a quarterback away. They've got some pieces on defense, mm-hmm. and they have probably one of the most annoying wide receiver rooms in the NFL. That's yeah. um, And they just have this whole arrogance of we're the Pittsburgh Steelers and we're better than everyone, even though really they're not. Um, and that's why it's, it's a weird situation where – they're trying to transition quarterbacks, and there's really not a quarterback to be had there. So that I, they could be in a situation where they sign a, a stopgap like a Tyrod Taylor or someone like that to, to fill the gap until they get their guy. But again, I mean, this is one of those situations where middle of the road pick, middle of the road cap space, a lot of money tied up on defense when you need more money on offense. So mm-hmm. it's a weird situation. And also, I mean, you see them twice a year. Is Mike Tomlin going to stay? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Because I, I, I had a smoking hot take about three or four weeks ago, and I had a, a – I don't know what it was. It was a gut feeling. I had a gut feeling that Mike Tomlin was going to be a college head coach next year. Dude, I talked myself into him going to USC. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's happen. Mike mm-hmm. Tomlin to USC. It hurt. Uh, I would love to see him out of Pittsburgh, obviously, but uh, he's – He'll be there. He'll be there for the foreseeable future. I, I can't imagine there's a job that pulls him away. I gotcha. No, it's and it's I like to get your take on it too, because you see them twice a year. You probably obviously pay more attention and have more knowledge on them than I would being an AFC North guy. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting situation for me just because whenever there's an old and I don't even know if I would say this Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback that's retiring, it's um it's an interesting thing when you see the transition. Like, look at the thing from Eli to Daniel Jones. It, they botched that, and it was a weird situation, and now they're in hell. Could the Pittsburgh Steelers be in a giant situation in two or three years? I could see it. If they convince themselves that Ben's got another year and they try and win one with Ben and they go out and sign the equivalent of Brandon Marshall and uh, all the guys that the Giants brought in that one year to make Eli a winner, I mean, I could, I could see them talking themselves into – uh, four and 12 season or four and 13 season, whatever, whatever the schedule is now. And I'm sure you love, love that. that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. Those are the three that I highlighted. I mean, obviously we could talk a little bit about the top of the draft Jacksonville back-to-back projected number one picks. 
head coach one and done got the quarterback question mark do they have the quarterback i want i gotta <laughs> and I it's gotta, tough it's tough to judge after half or three quarters of the season they they've had a lot of injuries and i i really feel bad judging trevor off of three quarters of an urban meyer year exactly. but he has not looked good no 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 and that's a that's a bad that's a bad news jones for me as well because i had a pretty sizable bet on trevor lawrence with the year at the beginning of the year had the, had the plus 500 odds, put a, put a hefty sum down on that. So it's just been a, it's a season of L's in 2021, including the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, I like the running back. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery. I like some of the receivers they have there. They've got some talent on defense and you never know. They could bring in a coach that's a culture changer or they could bring in a dud. I mean, they've had a lot of duds. So well, it's, it'll, all right. it'll be interesting to see. So this, here's my thing with that, right? Is last year coming into this, it was arguably like the most attractive coaching job, right? Exactly. It was like, oh, you're getting the 101, this like transcendent quarterback. Now what are you getting? Like you've lost all value on that. It's like you had that dude, sure, but you also have a team that's in fucking shambles and has not made any progress and is just going backwards. And a projected edge rusher at the top, Thibodeau or Hutchinson. What does that do for a team that has looked as bad as it's looked on offense? I mean, you got you got Josh Allen on one end as pass rusher. He's a solid guy. They've got some pieces there, but adding an edge rusher to that team isn't going to help them, is it? I mean, it's it's got to start with a better play from the quarterback position. It's got to start mm-hmm. with staying healthy on offense, and then you need that steady kind of hand at head coach. And I mean. You can't really, like you said, you can't really judge Trevor off of one or three quarters of an Urban Meyer year. But it, like you said, it's a, they went from having all of this capital to being completely reversed where it's, we have the number one pick, but what the hell are we going to do with it? Right. It'll be interesting. I mean, I can see them. I mean, it hasn't, I don't even remember the last time it's happened, but possible number one overall pick trade down, grab more assets. You think they'd just go for a haul? It would have to be one of those like QB combine warriors where one of the quarterbacks separates themselves as the guy. You talk yourself into a Mitch Trubisky situation from that one year where you trade up and get him. Um, that That's the only situation. Because like, like we talked about last year with the whole San Francisco thing, you're trading up, you're trading up for a quarterback. And this isn't really the draft to do that. But if there's ever a team that needs it, that would be a situation where if I'm Jacksonville, I'm looking, even if it's a couple spots, I'm looking to get as many picks as I can to just fill as many holes in the roster as I can. Not well, sure who would be in line for that, but you never know. Something here. I think are, we, are we getting a are we getting a breaking a breaking news live situation here? So what fuck? Who's Ole Miss playing in their bowl game? Baylor? Um Let's find out here. I've got ESPN pulled up. I should know this. Matt Corral is my Heisman guy. Yeah. So they're playing Baylor, right? Okay. If he goes out there and just absolutely destroys, absolutely tears it up, could we see Atlanta a trade up to try to jump that? And then, like, from 10? Package well, a wide receiver with that? Package a fucking Calvin Ridley who isn't going to pan out? Because I was going to say, do they still have the rights to Ridley? Because I was going to bring that up later on, but Atlanta's a situation where they need a quarterback and they have guys that would rather retire than play in Atlanta right now. Mm-hmm. If they have the rights to Ridley and Jacksonville's interested, would he come out of quote-unquote retirement to play with Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson and all those guys they have? I mean, you do that, you trade down to – wherever i mean like we said the draft isn't set yet but projected right now number 10 you could still get it a piece or two on defense or offensive linemen something like that i i could see that happening because i don't think i'm looking at i'm looking at the, the the guys in front of them now washington doesn't really have the pieces to trade up unless they're going to trade one of their defensive guys on the uh, on the d line carolina the with the way rule has been 
operating. I don't see them trading up for a quarterback, especially since they took a corner in the top 10 last year. That could be the, that could be the surprise. And it would be at this point, I mean, who else would be the quarterback? It's not going to be Kenny Pickett. You're not going to trade up for Kenny Pickett. Um, Malik Willis from Liberty. He could be another one of those late round guys or late first round, I should say. I did see someone call Kenny Pickett a more athletic Matt Ryan. I was like, that's, that's not bad. I mean, that kind of plays. You can see it. I mean, when, when Matty Ice was at Boston College, he was just the same kind of thrower, just didn't move. You know? Right. That's, 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 that's the prototype there, but still. That could be interesting. I like that. We're going to we're gonna have to flip that. And in a couple months, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how this plays, Matt Corral. The uh, real talk Heisman this year. He didn't win the actual Heisman, but he won our Heisman. Mm-hmm. That's our guy. So interesting there. Um, where are we missing? We talked about the Jags. New head coach, back-to-back first-round picks. The Lions, they have this year's Joe Judge, I'm calling it. Dan Campbell is the guy that's getting his team to buy in. They're playing hard. He's a oh, football guy. I really oh, hope man. I don't give them the, the, the jinx there, but – I'm getting a lot of, lot of 2020 Giants vibes from the Lions this year. No, they've made so many good choices. <laughs> they got the running back. They got a, a couple of nice receivers. That same, you were right on St. Brown. I needed that. That was a, that was a very keen pick by you. Yeah. Um, and Man, at least then, I hit something right this year. So you know, <laughs> some talent, some talent on defense, but. Um, yeah, but like they've made good choices. Like Frank Ragnow, who like needed some foot surgery and he's like, I can play. They, they shut him down for the year. Like, no. mm-hmm. Stay, get the surgery, do whatever. Um, he's somehow made this culture of people playing for him. And like you said, that could be a Joe Judge situation. I think Dan Campbell's the dude in Detroit. I think they're about to flip stuff. Hard. That's the only difference. Joe Judge gave off that tough guy Belichick mentality and everyone kind of saw through it. We were buying in because the team was playing for him. Dan Campbell just seems like he's a straight football guy. Like they pulled him off the street and he's like, I'll bleed for this team. I'll break kneecaps. I'll do whatever I got to pay. Whatever it takes to, to win a game or in this case, tie a game, we'll do. <laughs> so good, good on the lines. They're, um, if, if they were going to get an arrow, we'd be pointing it in the right direction. It wouldn't be all the way up, but it would be kind of it'd be, it'd be slightly up. Yeah, like, it'd, be, it'd be on the right direction, which is saying something for Detroit. Um, Houston, we kind of touched on a little bit. That all depends on a Watson situation. If he gets traded, if he doesn't, that's in my opinion, they need to tear that shit down. Um, I even had someone say that they were, I don't remember who it was, but they were saying that the the Texans were thinking about moving forward with Davis Mills as their guy. They like, they like what they've seen from Davis Mills and they think he could be that kind of quarterback to take their franchise to the next level. And I'm like, no. could you imagine being a Houston Texan fan? All those years they had that J.J. Watt defense and couldn't find a quarterback. Then they finally find a quarterback, and they can't put a team around him. And then the quarterback goes and does something stupid, and it just absolutely destroys their team, and now they're thinking that this fourth or fifth round pick is their future. Like, it makes no one sense. He, he wasn't even good in college. He was no. all right at Stanford. Yeah, I was going to say, he was a Stanford guy. Yeah, he was fine, but he's only playing fine. He has these highs, sure, but everything else is very okay. Sure, you're you're Davis Mills. Like I remember why you were drafted. I think it was actually like third, but I know why you were drafted in the third round. Makes sense. Yeah, no, and and other than my team and maybe one other situation like a Jacksonville or maybe even the Jets, I think that could be one of the worst situations in the NFL because. You got a quarterback that's holding you hostage. But yeah. Deshaun Watson could have played this year if he wanted to. He chose not to. And you see what happened. I mean, they, they've somehow snuck out four wins. There were people that projected them one or two wins tops. So good on them. Good on them for competing, I guess. I don't know. We're, we're, we're at the point where we're at the bottom of the barrel here and just kind of scraping for anything we can get. Speaking of bottom of the barrel, New York Jets. Another head coach question. Can't judge him off one year, but I got a lot of friends that are Jets fans that are done with him already. Sala, he was the guy on the sidelines with the 49ers clapping it up, getting his team fired up, and now he is stiff as a board, an absolute statue. Their quarterback, other than that 50-yard run last week, has been mediocre at best when he's on the field. 
the fact that you've had a situation this year where you drafted a number, was it three? They were two or three for, for Wilson. Was he two? Two. I want to say he was two. You take a number, uh, quarterback number two overall, and midway through his rookie year that you planned on starting him just right off the get, he gets replaced by a almost, I don't even know if he was undrafted or if he was like the late fifth or sixth round pick. A guy that no one has ever heard of. He's been in the league for four years, and they are, there are people calling for him to be the starter. A guy named White, Mike White comes in and displaces you in your rookie year. I mean, that's, that's worst-case scenario for the Jets. You can't take quarterback number two overall and have a, a guy that's been in the league for four years with no starts come in and be the, the savior. It doesn't even make any – doesn't make any sense. What about this year has made sense? Nothing. <laughs> This year has been the year where the second you think you understand something about like anything happening, college football, NFL, anything that involves fucking football, maybe the CFL too. I don't fucking know. It just blows they up. Bring, they brought back the USFL this year. No one knows what's going USFL on. USFL back. Thanks, Brock. Trey Mana. Exactly. Exactly. And to speak about New York slash New Jersey teams, I think the New Jersey Renegades might be the best team in New Jersey right now. I mean, other, other than the guys in MetLife. This team hasn't lost a game yet. Oh, no. uh, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, Wilson, you don't know yet. They've got a couple of top 10-ish first-round picks, one from Seattle, one from their own. And they've got some young talent on offense. Elijah Moore looks like the real deal. Michael Carter, before he got hurt, looked like the real deal. So they have some pieces. That's a better situation than a lot of other teams where first-year quarterback, first-year coach, you've got that on the right line. So if I was going to give the Jets an error, like we just talked about with the Lions – slightly up not a lot but slightly up um one more team i wanted to bring up actually there's two more but we'll touch on them at the same time they got embarrassed this past week by the cowboys they don't have a name don't have a quarterback the washington football team good head coach no qb is their defense overrated yeah i mean was they just injured yes i guess just broad brushstroke yeah uh, Chase Young has fallen flat. Line coaches have just figured out how to stop him. He's a speed mm-hmm. rusher, and that's it. Um, quarterback situation is fucking awful, but back on the defense, uh, their like, secondary is falling apart. Their last third of the field, they can't fucking cover for some reason. Teams just seem to be able to take the top off them and then do something stupid like bring a fucking bench into Dallas. And be like, ah, we can do it too. And then just get shit on. Just get fucking. OBJ shit on. I mean, the only the only picture out of that game that was any cool, like something to take away from, was Randy Gregory doing the whole roll up to Taylor Heineke after he sacked him. I mean, that's that's just sums up their their season slash that game in a nutshell. Um, a lot of expectations for this team to start the year. You had Ryan Fitzpatrick. A lot of people thought they were going to be in that division race. Really good defense. I was I had them rated as top five defense to start the year because of all that line talent. And they've fallen flat on their face. Other than the Giants, I think that's one of the biggest disappointments of the year. And the Browns, obviously, our two teams. But huge disappointment from the football team this year. Hopefully, if they get a name, maybe they'll actually figure it out. But you never know with Dan Snyder. (laughs) So, And also, I do want to shout out Terry McLaurin is the real deal. Get him a quarterback. Someone let scary Terry Cook. That's that's my whole thing. I see him twice a year. He goes for about 7 and 95 and a touchdown every time. So, Love that I get to see him twice a year. But uh, the last one I want to touch on, the Vikings. This is another purgatory team. High expectations, a coach that some people think is on the way out. Some people aren't sure whether they should get rid of him or not. Um, No offensive line and a quarterback that I'm going to give him credit. He's had a really good year. And it's starting to make me question all the Kirk Cousins hate that I've thrown this way. What do you think of Kirk Cousins? This is what Kirk Cousins does every year is you're like, ah, Kirk's fine. And then he's like, oh, we had a good year. And then for some reason, we just forget that he was good. It, not, it, not great by any means, but he was good. No, he's, he's – I'll even give him this. He is an above-average quarterback. Yeah. That. I won't – I'll put him above good, but he's not a great quarterback. He's a, he's a very good quarterback in the NFL for what's in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think he gets a lot of hate for the, you like that stuff at Washington, all the franchise tag stuff that they did with him. Um, they've got some weapons. They got Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. 
they've got they've got the pieces on offense. If their defense could be consistent enough to stop people, and if their offensive line could hold up, they could compete with the Packers in that division. But until they do that, I can't see them ever getting close to what the Packers are. After watching, I've seen the Packers play live now this season. That is a completely different sport than some of these guys that play in the NFL now. Like watching the Giants and watching the Packers, watching the Vikings and watching the Packers, it's a completely different sport. <laughs> and it's, I think it starts at the top. I think Zimmer is out at the end of the year. If they, was there two games left? Three games left? Two. Or what? Two games left. I mean, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at this point. So it'd be another disappointing year and a year that Kirk Cousins played as well as he did. I think you got to get rid of the head coach at this point. Zimmer, I think he's done. He's worn out as welcome in Minnesota from all the Viking fans that I know. I'll tell you that much. He peaked with the Minneapolis Miracle season Mm -hmm. and Case Keenum and then has crashed since. They needed to get that call in in, uh, New Orleans. Was that in Minnesota or was that New Orleans? In Minnesota. Minnesota. They needed to get that call to make it to the Super Bowl for him to have enough goodwill to get past this year. Um, and for, for my friends that are Vikings fans listening to this right now, I know you're screaming through your keyboard, computer screen, phone, something, whatever, screaming through your head about the offensive line. Talk about, no, I'm not talking about the offensive line because there's nothing worth talking about. Um, and if you're a Vikings fan, you would agree with me there. The fact that Kirk Cousins has done what he's done with such an inconsistent line and an inconsistent defense is actually hats off. I'm going to take my hat off right now. You guys can't see us, but I'm taking my hat off to Kirk Cousins. So that's something I never thought I'd do. How you like that? Look at that. Oh, oh man. We've covered a lot tonight. Is there anything that we missed? Anything that I could have missed? Any topic you want to talk about? I know this was oh, breaking right before we got on, but RIP to John Madden. Legend, big hit. That was that was uh, a big hit when I was going through our football picks this uh, this past week. So R.I.P. to John oh, Madden. Oh, oh, sorry, I just cut you off. No, no, you're good. I just said R.I.P. to John Madden again. The tequila is getting me a little bit. There you go, dude. How bad of a coach Brandon Staley is for oh, the Chargers? Oh boy. Uh, I I thought this I thought this was another team I put out there as like being a lead on defense. They're like. I, I've never seen such a split where I think it's like, I think their pass defense is top five, but their rushing defense is 32nd in the league. How? How do you have that big of a divide? And the inconsistency, it's not just on defense either. Like you see games like, what was it? Was it last week they lost to the Texans? Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, he looked like, I, I, I was going to say he looked like Baker throwing four picks, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Um, he looked like uh, Daniel Jones when he's healthy, throwing the ball downfield to Evan. That's what that's he looked like. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a team, another disappointment, major disappointment from the Chargers. Um, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that they don't have a fan base. They're, they're a team with no fan base. They left their fan base in San Diego. They share a stadium with the Rams. The Ram, LA has always been either a Rams or a Raiders town. And now they have the Chargers there. So beautiful stadium, no fan base. Um, yeah. Quarterback that I wanted, but yeah, Brandon Staley. And everyone was, was um, they were excited to bring him in after Anthony Lynn was there. Remember Anthony Lynn? He, he was the defensive preacher. He was on hard docks, like hyping up his guys. He had the whole BLM thing with Tyrod Taylor. And everyone was like, oh, Anthony Lynn's the greatest guy horrible football coach so there wasn't a big gap to come up on but after this year brandon staley is uh not on the hot seat but he's definitely been exposed he's a little bit of a, a little bit of a cliff kingsbury situation that's actually another one what do you feel how do you feel about cliff kingsbury i didn't like cliff kingsbury when he got the job i mean he was a below average coach at texas tech he got the job at usc because he coached Pat Mahomes. And then on his way to like Southern Cal, Arizona called him and he swerved off. I think they're a team that is being held back by their coach. There's no reason with all of the fucking talent they have, you should be as big of a question mark as they are. Yeah, that's a spot on right there. I can't say anything else other than that. Um, Cliff Kingsbury was a coach that one, he was hired for two reasons. One, because he coached Patrick Mahomes in college and two, because he's a good looking dude. That's the only other reason he was hired. Uh, he's not a great play caller. 
and it shows. And like you said, he's holding this team back from being, I mean, they could have run away with the NFC at this point in a lot of those games. They're, they've been in every game that they played other than maybe one or two. Like you, uh, even the, the, what was it? The was Thursday night game. I think it was a Thursday night game where they lost on, on like a field goal or something like that late. And it was play calling at the end. Couldn't run a two minute drill. So yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same page there, but uh, yeah, that's our, that's our post-mortem on the 2021 season. I know there's two weeks left, but for uh, fans of just morbid franchises, this is what we needed to do. Sad boy season podcast. Before we go, uh, I'm going to ask you two questions. Mm. This one we have guests on. And they're going to mm. be, I mean, easy questions for you. It's just stuff that's coming up. National championship pick, Super Bowl pick. Start with whichever you'd like. All right. National champion, it's going to be Alabama again. Who do they beat? Um, I hate that because I like hype Cincinnati. So <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be Bama. And Super Bowl, I really don't see any way past the favorites. Like you said, they're playing different football. It's Green Bay. I mean, I can't argue with that. At the beginning of the year, I think I had Green Bay in the Super Bowl losing to KC, but I think they're on a collision course again. I would love to see, not a Super Bowl pick, but just my opinion, I would love to see a rematch of that NFC Championship game from last year. Green Bay and Tampa, I'd love to see that again. And then it's going to be Kansas City, I think, but I mean, the AFC is so wide open at this point now where there could be a bunch of different guys in there. So I like that Green Bay pick. Um, they're my they're my playoff team at this point. <laughs> I've seen them play live this year, so I have a, a bias towards them a little bit. They're my okay. second team once my team gets eliminated after week four. But all right, that was fun. Um, we appreciate you coming on, Dude, filling in for my co-host who, quote, unquote, can't talk. <laughs> No, he's got COVID. He'll be back on Thursday, just filling in for a little bit. We appreciate you coming on, venting, doing a little therapy session on our football teams and kind of running throughout the week for us. Appreciate you having me, dude. Any, anytime. I'll be I'm ready on the sideline. <laughs> we appreciate it. All right, everybody, you know where to follow us. Follow the Twitter, the Instagram. It's all in the bio. Um, check out Boda Sports. They do awesome content. As we said before in the top of the podcast, James from Boda is tiktok famous so follow him on tiktok as well um other than that we're gonna post this hopefully later tonight it's uh tuesday night as we speak so you'll see this wednesday morning and then thursday recap pod for the nfl week shit 16 damn we're already week 16 and then um sean will be back thursday we appreciate everyone that listened in we love you guys talk to you soon and peace out Go, wake up.